Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? It's Monday. It's the start of another week. Whatever weeks mean anymore, I don't think they're even a thing anymore because the weekend and the weeks are all just blurring into one. Uh, but um, I have. The, I feel like there's more structure. If you've got kids you? at home, there's a little bit more structure. I work. I try to sort of stick to some sort of pattern mm. on a weekday. The weekends so far, I've found the weekends slightly more troubling because of because less to do. Like, well, I suppose like on a weekday, my kids are still getting up and they they do work. They're sticking to a schedule which is set yeah. by their school. And you know, my my daughter, in particular at secondary school, like they they know when you're logging on, and oh, they're sort like of teaching you live, right? right? Yeah. And so there's a structure in place there. I try and keep a structure and get work done. Bit of admin, yeah. But I tell you what, I've got really into mate. I mean, I don't want to suggest that I'm not usually... Actually, I'm not usually into it. It's something that I do under duress, but I'm really enjoying more than ever, more than ever in my life, I'm enjoying doing housework so much. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the because it's like, usually I'm trying to do small household chores between other things whilst on the run. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so I'll be like rushing out of the house and, oh God, man, I've got to clean up that breakfast shit. I'll just quickly do it and leave it mm-hmm. on the draining board or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I'll, yeah. I ain't got time to hoover that now. I'll just quickly tie. Oh, I'll just plump those pillows. You know, <laughs> you know the sort of thing, mate. Right. And it's all like something. It's not something that you devote. I, I don't devote a whole section of the day to it. It's something that I try to squeeze in in between other things. And it's a tassel. But at the moment, every day, I am. Um, once I've done a bit of exercise at breakfast, I'll stick my headphones on. Yeah. Our new high quality headphones as sent to us by Cunter by Sensheimer. Yeah. Right. Is that how you say it? Sennheimer. Sen- Sennheiser? Sennheiser. We should probably get Great that fucking right. headphones. Yeah. And I stick them on and I, ju- I do, do the whole housework. kitchen. I do the floor with the mop. Yeah. I, I put a drive thing up, put it away. Then I do the living room. I light some candles. I don't know if I've told you Ooh. I'm really into candles these no, days. That's curious. Yeah, re- I've become really into scents. Yeah. The, I love the scents. entire sensory experience. I I love scents so much. Yeah. It's it's like What's something that I'm scent, really. Sam? What's your favourite? Well, at the moment, um, it changes. At the moment, I've actually got some sort of like effectively incense. Right. Mm. I got some sticks. Someone gave them to me. And then there's this other thing, and it's 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 from the bark of a mystical tree in oh, Latin America, Pellegrini, and it's called is it the essence no, it's of Pellegrini skin. Name. Is it? Fuck, what's it called? It's, I'm gonna I'll, I'll put it I'll tweet it out, but it's this great candle, and I can really recommend it. It's very invigorating. Yeah. And the um the Aztecs or whatever they fucking swear by it, mate. <laughs> oh, it's great. I'm do, I'm doing sort of 
I've got a lot of shit that needs to be thrown away, so I'm kind of like going around and doing a little yeah. bit of the house each day and sort of tidying it and chucking stuff away. It feels as though it might be something the Japanese do or maybe the Scandinavians. I'm not sure. It feels My like God, it's one mate. of those two. Have you know? ever read that have you it, ever read that famous book, The Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up? No. You you've heard of it though? No, nah, never heard of it. Oh my god, it was like was a massive international. It was an international bestseller, really? right? By this, by this um, Japanese woman, and oh, it, and it's, Japanese it's, then. It's you are, yeah, Japanese, is that so it? it? And it's sort of like self help. So although it's uh, essentially about tidying up, mm-hmm. right, and it's got loads of advice on tidying up, it's beautifully written, and it's written more like a sort of a design for life. It's almost like to do with mindfulness and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But on top of that, it does tell you how to sort out your sock drawer, right? Nice one. Oh, it's fuck it. We should deep dive on it, mate, because <laughs> it attracted lots of controversy at the time. In fact, to be honest, I think it's borderline how you'll react to it because I think when it came out, you were still doing Get in the Sea. And I could easily <laughs> imagine it to have qualified as a get in the sea yeah. thing at the time. Different times, on the, right? It's very easy to sort of... Because basically what she, her main thing is, right? When you're deciding what you should keep in your house... Because the, the main thing to keep your house tidy is to not have too much shit in it, right? Of course, yeah. And we all have loads more shit than we need, right? Totally. Especially like me and you, because we're always on the eBay and I'm buying all my Instagram shit. Do you know I'm buying Roy the Rovers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. But she says, and this is the central premise of the book, right? She says that when you make a decision, you go around your house, right? Mm. You go walk around your, your rig. You pick something up, any item, right? You hold it in your hand and yeah. you consider whether or not that item brings you joy. That's it. Does it bring you joy? If it doesn't, it's Chuck out it on its ear. Do you have a little one to one with it? Do you have a little tete a tete with it and ask it, are you, you bringing me joy? You cunt. Are you bringing me joy or what, you cunt? Yeah. And then. It's not a decision you can make quick. You've got to stare at the cunt for about yeah. 30, th- between 30 and 60 seconds. Wow. <laughs> this is my advice now. I can't remember what she said. I'm actually going to look the book up on my Kindle while I'm talking to you. And, um, and yeah, you, you have a good look at it and you think. Is this something that actually brings something worthwhile to my life, right? Mm. Does it make me happy? Or is it just a bit of old shit that I've had hanging around, taking up space for ages? It. I think and- there's, there's, there's a rule. If you've got something in your house and you've not used it in the last six months, you probably don't need it. Get rid of it. Do you reckon? I reckon, yeah. yeah. I think that's right. I've done that with clothes. Like mm. my, I'm always cleaning out. Twice a year, I'll do a big fucking clothes clean out. Yeah. And I feel all right about it because what I'll do is, if it's quite nice gear that, for instance, I've got too fat for, right, <laughs> I will give that to a younger, slimmer relative. So I've yeah. got, like, for instance, ne- a nephew who's in his 20s, right? Mm. And hey, your la- son, you look great in this. Trust That's me, a- it's blinding. Yeah. That's a good bit of crop of that, right? <laughs> yeah. You walk down the high street in that, you'll be beating them off with a shitty stick, mate. In fact, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a shitty stick as part of the bargain because you'll be needing it <laughs> yeah, when you put uh, on this old Fred Perry. This yeah, is how oh, I met your aunt. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Uncle Sam. I'll take that to fucking Bernardo's later on once he's <laughs> fucked off. <laughs> Look at these. Look at these jazzy shoes. <laughs> They're bowling shoes like the jam used to wear. Go on, stick them on. They're better than them crappy, what do you call them, Nikes? 
Put them on. They're proper jam shoes, they Put are. Put them on, the, la- yeah. the ladies will love them. Um, or I take it to charity, and mm. then either way, you don't feel that bad about chucking it out. Here we yeah. go. The life-changing magic of tidying up, mm-hmm. right? And it's by Marie Kondo. Very oh, she did, a, she did a Netflix series. Probably She's the about Netflix fucking woman. Tidying yeah, the up. same thing, yeah. Telling everyone to chuck everything away. Yeah. And then I think she launched a range of fucking she lo- she launched a range of bin bags or something like that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sort. I mean, I have long said, mate, that me and you need to do a book, and we've discussed it, but we couldn't decide what sort of book it should be. Yeah. Like I wanted to do an annual, like a shoot style annual, mm. right? Like an old style, and you had, I think, more of a life design for life sort of logistics. Life logistics. Book. Yeah. Like Haynes, like a Haynes manual book <laughs> yeah. for the whole of life. More ambitious, yeah. really. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, fuck football. I reckon we should just tell people how to live their lives. <laughs> like what, God? But, yeah, I think we should do something a bit more like this. Household tips and advice. Rig, rig advice. Rig advice, yeah. I mean, because there's, could, so many, uh, there's so much brand building you can do around that, yeah. mate. We have the book, right? Then we do uh, various spin-off books, probably some recipes and that. And uh, and then we could do a Netflix show. Well, I mean, we'll just we'll just go back and fucking transcribe loads of these podcasts and knock that out. Yeah, top, oh yeah. Top, Listen, mate, tart it up a bit. Don't worry. I'm not <laughs> suggesting we put any meaningful effort into this. Oh, they'll buy it. This is a this is quite simply <laughs> a get rich quick scheme. I mean, mm. take that for granted in any suggestion I have. Mm. Um. Anyway, yeah, this is the book and. Give it a read. I yeah, think one day she, we might was, dive it just for a couple of episodes. Yeah, she she was massive a while ago on on um, on Netflix. Yeah, everyone was talking about her, Marie Kondo. Yeah, oh so yeah. So I might have a look and at that. And some people go, oh, oh, well, I mean, you know, some people need. I mean, you know, an iron doesn't bring me joy, but I need to iron my clothes. No, get rid of it. And it's like you're missing the fucking point. <laughs> get rid of and it. And actually, cunt. it does bring you joy because if you take joy from having a creaseless shirt when you go mm. out of the house then the iron is bringing you joy. So shut up about... Why doesn't everyone get off iron's backs? I've had yeah. it up to here with people moaning about irons. Sorry. I've removed irons from my life. My iron's been put away now that this isolation started because why yeah, the that's fuck true. do I need iron in clothes? fucking weeks? No, exactly. I was good at... While we're still on the subject, recently I was channel surfing. I was on CNN because I'm normally on CNN these days watching oh, yeah. Trump's latest press conference. Oh, I'm obsessed with CNN, yeah. Is it good? Yeah, yeah, it's dead good. Um, but I'd, I'd strayed along to NHK, which is the uh, Japanese news channel that's <laughs> on the sky. And I was watching this documentary. It might have been middle of the night, I'm not sure. But I was watching this documentary, and it was about uh, cleaning. And it was about a woman who was the world champion of cleaning. Oh. And there's a competition where they, they all get all the cleaners get together uh. and they clean stuff. And they Fuck get marked on cleanliness and speed oh, and yeah. all this. And it was showing her, she works in an airport, not sure whereabouts, somewhere in Japan, but she finished her shift at something like half five in the morning. And for the last hour of her shift, she was getting increasingly frustrated because there was a, a small black stain on the wall in one of the, the bathrooms in the airport. And she was trying all these different things to get rid of it. And I was just mesmerized by oh, it really? and caught up in the whole thing. Is she going to get the stain off before our shift finishes? <laughs> oh, what's she going to use? She's using different yeah. chemicals. Is she going to scrub harder? Is she going to use a more <laughs> abrasive kind of brush or something yeah. like that? And she did it. She fucking did it. 
Do you know what? This is really now that my new hobby is cleaning and tidying up. This mm. is the sort of shit I need to watch because I don't have all those little tips. And I mean, whenever I think of little hacks for cleaning, all you ever think of is baking soda and vinegar because that seems to be what they that say works for everything. For everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Because I had her on my radio show a few times. Who's the the nutter who used to do it on Fucking Channel Four? The uh, what? Uh, Aggie and Kim. Yeah. Kim Thee. Yeah. Kim's yeah. a mad one, isn't she? Kim, yeah. I, I used to have her quite a lot on um, on talk radio, but she was difficult to control as a guest. <laughs> Very difficult to control. Yeah, she's really mad. I liked her, but she was really mad. Yeah. Um, I heard a funny, talking about American news channels, do you, I can't remember if I've mentioned him before, and you might have even encountered him when he was living in the UK, <gasps> but does the name Greg Gutfeld mean, mean anything to you? Yes. Greg, Greg yes. Gutfeld was... Uh, when I was first starting in magazines, he was a, a writer on various American men's magazines. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, I re- sort of like, he was like a hero because I thought he was so funny. And he's writing. I used to sort of just basically rip rip off his, try try to badly rip off his style. Yeah. When he, he used to write. First, he wrote, my first job was at Men's Health. And he was, I was like the junior, but he was the top guy over at the american men's health so i used to read and think it was great and then he went on to write for all, all sorts of other magazines yeah. when magazines were big and then he ended up coming to the uk and he became editor mm. of yeah maxim uk and me he and did. him met and i became editor at large of maxim uk like when he started because mm. we'd sort of got to know each other over the years so i worked with him and we became mates and he was a f- fucking funny and really mad Anyway, inevitably, and this always earns my respect, and I'm sure yours too, he was sacked after a short period of time, which, to my mind, is always the mark of a man, a great man who's done a brilliant job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they were like, he, he, t- he did so many mad things, right, uh, on this magazine, <laughs> on Maxim Magazine, and it was so funny for about a period of 18 months that in the end they just said, this is too mad. Yeah, it's hilarious, but it's just too mad. You've got to go. Yeah. Anyway, I was briefly writing for it for a while during, well, that, during period. that period. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very briefly. Well, that was when our good friend David Whitehouse would have would have been working there as well. Yeah. Fucking uh, that small world, isn't it? Anyway, so Greg Gutfeld went back to America. I guess a little bit t- t- um, tail between his legs. Started writing for the Huffington Post, um, mm. funny stuff, but about politics. It turned out, kind of unbeknownst to me when I'd been pals with him, that he was quite right wing. Like he used to say things that were a bit right wing, but I thought he was joking. <laughs> 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 I just assumed it must be a joke. And, uh, a bit ironic. Yeah, exactly. But it turned out it was real. And um, but it was still the stuff he wrote, was still funny. So he came to the attention of Fox News, and Fox News gave him a late night, overnight oh, show right. called Red Eye, and it yeah. was it was funny, really funny. And after that was that became a big cult hit for about I don't know five years or more. And then they gave him his own show about five years ago. They gave him his own show called the Greg Gutfeld Show, and it's a mm. prime time big deal show on Fox News. Right. And he's also on a very famous show they call called The Five, where it's like him and you know four four, four other pundits. people. Anyway, it's all Fox News stuff, right? So if you've seen yeah. The Loudest Voice or Bombshell, it's all yeah. set within that world. And I found out today that he, right, 
in the midst of this crisis. I was thinking to myself the other day, because he wrote a, a really funny book that I can recommend called Lessons Learned from the Land of Pork Scratchings, which is basically just a memoir of his time here in the UK when he yeah. edited Maxim and, and sort of not really about working on the magazine, more about what he found England and London to be like, right? Yeah. Really funny. And he wrote about his experience of being in London for 7-7. And it is really funny because he writes about how the British response to anything, any kind of crisis, is let's go to the pub and get Mm. really pissed, which, of course, isn't possible during this crisis. So anyway, he wrote so funnily about the way the Brits respond to chaos that I kept thinking, I wonder what he's up to. So I asked someone, what's Greg up to over in New York? He's got a special fucking pass. His show is just him sitting and being funny and opinionated about Mm. the news, right? It's a bit like the right-wing version of The Daily Show. Hmm. He's got a fucking pass off the government to go into work every day. He drives to work every day through a completely empty ghost town Manhattan so he can get get to the Fox News studios and broadcast his show. But it's just an opinion-led show. Right. It's just like no different to, I suppose, what you and I might do. Like what we do, yeah. Yeah. But good luck to him. But it's amazing, isn't it? You should want to do that from his house. Why fucking go into the office to do that? I know. But perhaps he likes the glamour of the television studio and the makeup ladies and all the rest of it. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the power, isn't it? The control. Jalapeño. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Jalapeño. I've just found a listing for that cleaning program I was talking about. Oh, it was on. It's called Cleaning Craftspeople. And it's here's the listing. Tokyo's Haneda Airport was chosen as the world's cleanest airport for two consecutive years. This honour was achieved due to the unseen efforts of professional building cleaner Haruko Nitsu. That's her. A champion of Japan's cleaning skill championships. Her amazing cleaning technique is like watching a craftsperson. I can oh, confirm it is. Yeah. When cleaning, she thinks about the users doing everything she can based on her belief of cleaning with a caring heart. Oh. There you go. That's what she does. She cleans with a caring it's like heart. like my grandma. She used to do that. I'd wake up in the morning. She'd have been up. Whatever time I got up, she'd have been up for hours in her mm. house coat and her rollers cleaning every last fucking corner of the house. Yeah. 
So that some people are like that, aren't they? I have become more like it during this virus. It's not on YouTube. I've looked, but it might appear again on NHK at some point. So just keep Look an eye on it. NHK, keep an basically. Eye for it, yeah, cleaning craftspeople. It's called part of a series so, called The Professionals, but obviously it's not cap- Bordy and Doyle. Couple of um, questions that have arisen over the weekend when we didn't manage to get to do a podcast. So some stuff stored up in my head. One is a question for you, but you don't have to answer straight away. And for everyone, all the cunters, it's very simple. And mm. if you do respond, cunters, I was going through our inbox yesterday and there's so many, no matter what we say, there is so many long stories, like paragraphs <laughs> and paragraphs. And the people who write at the beginning, oh, all right, lads, I'll keep this brief because I know you don't like long <laughs> ones, right? And then and then yeah. half the stories are just like, oh, me and a, me and a mate went and got pissed and my mate was sick and that's it. But I've managed to stretch that story out to 2,000 fucking words. Anyway, this one, very specifically, I only want in one line because you'll ruin it if you do it in more. But it's a very simple question, mate. Mm. What's the strangest thing you've ever seen? Bang, that's it. Strangest thing I've ever seen? What's the strangest thing you've ever seen? Bang! Fuck, I don't know. Oh, I know, it's, oh. a, it's a tough one, so I'm not going to put you on the spot and make you answer it now, but the reason I, I think it's an interesting question is that um, obviously we've been watching Tiger King, and we won't mm. go... I think so many people are watching it, we probably shouldn't. I know you finished it. I think I'm up to maybe episode five. And, right. like, so we don't want to ruin it by going on too much about the details, but I was watching it, and then uh, I had to write something about it for the big issue, and I was like... This is, I think, got about five or six of the strangest things I've ever seen in my life in this one program. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, before I saw Tiger King, what was the strangest thing I'd ever seen? Because I was trying to write, you know, until I saw Tiger King, the strangest thing I've ever seen. And the best thing I could think of, I mean, the things that I ruled out was, well, there was that time when that plane crashed into Lake Como right next to me. That was pretty yeah. strange. And then I was on a stag once on my cousin's stag in Madrid and there was a dwarf lap dancer in the back of a stretch limo, which was right. strange. Like, mm. no offence to her. I'm not saying she was strange. I'm saying it was a strange thing. So mm. it's not not every day. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, I don't... I wasn't something that I enjoyed. I thought it was... I didn't think she was horrible, but I mean, you know, all I'm saying is, kids, don't get strippers to dance for you in the back of limos because it... It's no good for your soul. I was I was in I was in Prague on a stag weekend and I saw a dwarf dressed as a mare trying to oh. lure people into a into a nightclub. He had he had the tricorn hat and the gown and everything, <laughs> you know, dressed like a Lord Mayor. But he looked a bit like Prince. But he was a oh. dwarf. So that that's I've one been, of the strangest I, I things. I went I've on seen. a stag to Prague once and that is a fucking man. Some there's some weird shit goes on in that city. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. That, so that was weird. But in the end, I thought the weird, the strangest thing that I've ever seen was I was once running by the River Thames and I saw a big heron mm. and it was wrestling with an eel. It had fucking got the hell. eel out of the water. It was a yeah. big fucking long eel, right? All like slimy. And the heron, which let's be honest, is a fucking mad looking bird, right? Mm. With its big fucking stalk beak and all the rest of it, right? <laughs> it, it had got it out. It got it out, right, from the river, I think. But the eel wasn't going to go lightly. So the eel was fucking wriggling around and the the heron wouldn't let it go. Yeah, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, mate. I caught you. That's life. I fucking got you now. 
right? Yeah. That's the that's uh, well, what's your bit of Attenborough, mate? That's just the circle of life, like they say in the it's, Lion King. It's, it's what I like to call law of the jungle. Even law though of the jungle. technically in a jungle. But you know, the River Thames, it might as well be a jungle. It's that fucking perilous, right? <laughs> You've been eeling about down there, probably eating, I don't know, littler things like little eels or whatnot. Yeah, think about that. Right? And, and then I've caught you, and then I'll probably be eaten by a bigger bird, like an eagle, for instance, yeah. eventually. And that's just, the, and then eventually that eagle will be caught by a human, and the human yeah. will eat the eagle. And yeah. that's just the way the world is. There's nothing more natural. You- I didn't see you complaining when you were eating all the little fish down there, did you? Oh, you cunt. Well, you two one rule for you, one rule for you, and another for the rest of us, I suppose. Yeah, well, think um, again, dickhead. You're getting keep in. Keep still while I fucking eat you. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't keep still. I'd only just moved to uh, the sort of more suburban area I live in mm. now. And to me at the time, even though it was only 20 minutes down the road from, you know, where I'd grown up and where I'd been living and 20 minutes down the road from the other area that I've been living in for years, it felt like I'd effectively moved to the countryside because there's so much more trees and you're right by the river. And I was still in my first week and I was running down by the river. And when I saw this, it really shook me. It shook me to my core. Wow. Because I was like... To me, I was like, this is this is life now, mate. This is the sort mm. of shit you're going to see every day. You've got to hold mm. it together because mm. you're living in the suburbs now. You're living by the river and seeing nature, right? You're watching when nature happening, yeah. It, the, the brutality of nature, Andy. <sighs> Fuck, yeah. Right? The yeah. raw brutality of nature. The heron wrestling with an angry eel, right? This mm. is the shit that you're going to see every fucking day. It's going to become part of your life and you've just got to get used to it, right? That's what I thought, uh, but I've never seen anything again since no, like it. Ever since, but it's really no. lived with me, as you can tell. Yeah. And that was the strangest thing I think I'd ever seen until I saw Tiger King. And now, yeah. ev- if someone ever says, "What's the strangest thing you've ever seen?" I'll say every single thing that happened Everything. in the Netflix series <laughs> Tiger King. <laughs> it's great because you think it's about one thing, and then suddenly it becomes about something else. I don't and know then what that it's something about. Else then mutates into something else. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm not going to give too much away, but there's one point where um, uh, Joe Exotic is trying to raise money to uh, to get a down payment on a hit on someone killed, and he decides he's going he decides he's going to do that by selling a couple of tiger cubs. And you just think, fucking hell, what? Yeah. What is this? But it's amazing. At what, at what point? I mean, yeah, regular listeners all know that whenever there's something that seems to have a few quid in it that seems relatively interesting slash easy. I'll always say to Andy, why don't we get into that? <laughs> At what point did you think I need to get into the Tiger Cub business? Because <laughs> I thought it in about episode one. I thought this is did fucking you? easy. Well, it is. Once you once you like sort of get them from birth and you're looking after them and having a bit play with them and they're, they're dead friendly, you've got yeah. them then. You've got you them, know, but the thing is gonna, you can just, you just keep... No, they won't eat you, but you just keep breeding them and flogging them. Yeah. Let's not forget, right? Breed, flog, all, breed, all flog, of the breed, main flog. characters, all the all the main characters, right? They're all fucking rich. Yeah, Joe Exotic well, is rich. Yeah. He must be rich. I mean, I know he, you know, the money goes goes wrong and all the rest of it, but they are fucking earning a lot of money. Like when he tries to, when he goes to court and they count, and he goes to court with Carol Baskin, right, and they're <laughs> suing and countersuing each other. That's costing them millions of pounds. Yeah. That's how much money. Like. And every time, like the money runs low, like it's like me and you. If we look at the bank balance, oh, fucking hell, better do another podcast. <laughs> it's been an expensive month, right? <laughs> Come up with they another just T-shirt think, design. 
<laughs> they think, oh, better fucking, better fucking sell a tiger cop, right? <laughs> but like, they're they're in a whole different league to us, mate. Like yeah. they can knock out a fucking a, a tiger does a litter of tigers. You yeah. see, it's really horrible. Like when they see that tiger is giving birth and it's in mm-hmm. some sort of shed they put mm-hmm. it in, but they can't go near it while it's giving birth because they not. think it'll get angry. Right and eat them, so mm. they they the shed is inside a cage and they've just got a fucking stick, haven't they? And everybody's going, drag it and Joe Exotic's going, yeah, look, she's breathing heavy. She's got another one coming out, right? <laughs> and as soon as it comes out, they fucking hook it with a Nick stick and, and pull it straight out <laughs> t- of the cage. Taking it the house, <laughs> yeah, and, and then get he's it complaining. fucking he's complaining stick it in a padded envelope, label it up. Yeah, right. Where's this one going? Right, label it up. Get it in post box. And then he's complaining. If you hurry, you'll get last post. They're in the house and he's complaining because they're squealing. Yeah, because they've dragged them away from their fucking mother. You could. Yeah, yeah. He chats oh, a fucking. Man. I mean, it is horrible actually. That like the the tigers are not well well treated. Well, I mean, um, I was talking about this. Just I might be with you. I think I was talking about it with someone. I just said it's the first thing I've seen where everybody in it is an absolute cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like reasons. the guy who was. I quite like the guy who was the producer who made the uh, TV show. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. his web his web TV show. Who I wears that hat so. and just sits yeah. chain smoking and drinking coffee? Yeah, <laughs> I reckon he's sort of all right. Yeah, but the main protagonists are all cunts. Though. Yeah, I think the weirdest cunt is that doc bloke riding around on his fucking elephant and with this harem yeah. of tiger yeah, women. Well, just. Just stick around till you get to the end and see what happens uh, to him. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But yeah, it's, so it's incredible. Weird. You've got to watch. And apparently, as well, I've been told there's a really good podcast series about it as well. Yeah, someone's pointed so, that to me. I'll- Get into that as so well. that's Tiger King. If you're not already on it, get on it. But we'll it just prompted me to think, what's the strangest thing you've ever seen? For me, it was a heron wrestling with an eel. For you, I mean, I'm not saying that's super weird. I mean, Elton John or David Attenborough, they've probably seen things 10 billion times weirder than that. But that's the weirdest thing for me. Uh, Andy certainly has a strong contender with the dwarf dressed up like a mare outside a club in Prague. Also, there was a time when a a partially decomposed seagull got blown out of a tree and landed about one foot in front of me as I was walking down the street. Uh, That was quite weird. So it had died in a tree and then started to decompose in the tree. And it was a really, oh. really, really blustery day. And it obviously come oh dislodged from the tree. And just was landed. this in Sunderland? Yeah, in Sunderland High Street West. If I'd been walking another two feet further from where I was, it would have landed on my head. And I would not have been pleased. Because I know Sunderland High Street really well, <clears throat> can you just tell me where it was in relation to the big M&S? It was just a little bit further along from m right. It was in that stretch, yeah. That's sort of pedestrianised stretch. Pr- kind of between M&S and Argos. I can picture it, mate. You can, I can sure picture you can. a decomposed yeah. seagull. It would have, that would have fucking, yeah. Plop. It's, it's, the last thing, it's the last thing you're expecting when you're walking down Sunderland High Street. It's literally the but last in, thing you'd expect to happen. It used to be. Not anymore. No, not anymore. Now I'm you're on your guard the whole time. I'm kind of half expecting it now. Could happen again. Um, Here's it. Have you got yeah, something go else, Dad? I was going to I've got one other up. question. One other All question. Right. It's much, much more simple. Um, if you were a woman, what mm-hmm. hairstyle would you have? Oh, that's a very good question. If I was a woman, I would have... Um, I think I would just have shoulder length, straight, <laughs> maybe with a bit of a fringe. Oh. And what, I like a I'd straight like, fringe straight across? 
or like yeah. a sexy yeah. side fringe. I don't know, but definitely shoulder length. I'll worry about the fringe later on, but I think I'd like to brush it. I'd like to sit and brush it in front of a mirror. <laughs> Which... How about you? <laughs> well, <laughs> I would definitely always have the same hairstyle as the Queen. Oh, right, okay. And even as the Queen changed her hairstyle, which she mm. does very slightly over the years, I mm. would change with her. Because I think, just follow the Queen. Do you know what I mean? I was reading... Yeah, I've been reading Pete Fidi's book, Broken Grace. This is where... It, it, mate, writer. Cosmos, that's where I got this idea from. Exactly, because there's a... Because bit, he it? said yeah. there is a woman who always had her hair the same it as the Queen. I was friend, reading it, it last night in bed, yeah. and I thought, that's fucking great. If I was a woman... I'd have hair like the Queen. And then I thought, ah. I'm going to ask Andy and the Cunters how they'd have their hair if they were women. <laughs> there you go. Isn't it it's a, a good fucking book, isn't book? It? It's brilliant, mm. yeah. I'm only about uh, 10% of it through because I've got Kindle, so I don't know how many pages that is. But Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm hardly into it at all. But yeah. it's... Um, really good. Yeah, because I heard him on... I heard him being interviewed by Lauren Laverne last week and, yeah. they were, and she was raving about it. So I thought, fucking buy it. I've got time on my hand. If you're in your mid-40s to early 50s and you love music, this book is for you. Yeah. Absolutely, And if 100%. you're Greek, more's the better. Even better, yeah. Right. But it's um, great because Pete's, Pete's about two years older than I am. So kind yeah. of all of the things he's talking about in terms of music, stuff stuff like uh, Don't Go Breaking My Heart by Elton John and Keaton D and yeah, Save All yeah. Your Kisses For Me. They're yeah. the things I can, the very first things I can remember, but he's got two years more insight into them. Yeah. And it's kind of like all going, oh, yeah, that, that makes very, sense very, and everything. He's very good at, like, capturing the way in which music, like, especially songs from when you're a kid, mm. somehow just fucking get laced into exactly what was happening in your life and in yeah. your head at the yeah. time that they were on the radio. See, yeah. I can't fucking explain it, but he has got, I can't even explain what I'm on about, but he's got a way of writing it in a simple way that you straight away go, yeah, fucking hell. Like yeah. I always had, um, it was, I can't remember what song he was writing about last night, but I, the first song he writes about is, um, that Leo Sayer song. Um, what is that? Fam- the famous, when, when I need you. Yeah. When I need you. And I he, haven't got that far yet. cause he's tight. Cause he's really young. Mm. He's in the car and he assumes the song is about his mother because right. he can't imagine it doesn't occur to him that the song could be about anyone other than his mum. Oh, yeah, but that's then in the he, first but pitch, he goes, it? Yeah. But it's like how I feel about my mum. Mm. So yeah. how is it that who, what this this cunt Leo Sayer, <laughs> he phrases it much more elegantly than me, yeah. this cunt on the radio has get, literally got inside my head and yeah. managed to and stolen my thoughts about my mother <laughs> and turned them into a song that's now on the radio. <laughs> but I, do you know what the first, first single I ever bought was, or was bought what? for me? When I need you, Leo. Sayer. No, really. Yeah, fucking yeah. hell. So John Cosmos is on overdrive totally. at the moment, isn't he? Totally. It was a brilliant book though. Broken Greek, Pete Perfides. Get it? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it for this one. We're going to do a mailbag tomorrow, I think, aren't we? Because we've done one of them for a while. Yeah, we've got a lot of mailbag to catch up on, and I was like, I say, most of it was a load of old shit. Not going to, not going to yeah. sugarcoat it for any of you. Um, it was you way too long, and a lot, and and as I've said before. Start to work on how you distinguish a good story from mm. a shit story. A dull one. Mm. If if you and your mates just went out and got drunk once, right, that's and did good. drunk things, that's just boring. Yeah. That's not exceptional. Mm. That's like you went out. You got, if you acted like a knob when you were drunk, that's just what happens when you're drunk. You're literally the story. Yeah. The beginning, the end of the story is I got drunk. Yeah. 
I mean, yes, there's your challenge. Send us in the weirdest thing you've ever seen. There you go. It's That's quite what simple. I'm asking for. And do it in we'll one line. For tomorrow. Do it in one line. We don't need background. Oh. We don't need life oh. story. Just say, Andy has said he saw a decomposed seagull fall out of a tree, get blown out of a tree in Sunderland. Great. I saw a heron wrestle an eel, right? Yeah. That's it, right? Andy saw a dwarf dressed as a mare in Prague. If, if, you, if you can, if, if, it, if it can stand up in one sentence, then it's str- genuinely strange. If it needs four paragraphs, it's not strange enough, mate. Yeah. And the email address is topflighttimemachine at gmail.com. Send them in now. Yeah. But anyway, what I was going to say was there are some really good ones because we haven't done it in a while. Amidst all the shit, there's about 5% yeah. good. And I actually lulled whilst reading yesterday three or four times. So oh, brace well, yourself there for you are. those. We'll read, read them out tomorrow then. Yeah. Okay, stay safe, everyone. Wash your hands, etc., etc. Uh, TTFN. Just rest. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details